and welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the show dedicated to stories told in the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. To hear news, reviews, discussion, and of course stories, I'm your host Fred, and that great theme music is by Roger Gregg of Crazy Dog Audio Theater. And we have got a great show for you today, uh, talking to Anne Hepperman about her new podcast, Serendipity, as well as the Sarah Awards through Sarah Lawrence College, a new uh, Radio Drama Award contest with some significant cash prizes, $2,000 exactly for grand prize. Um, also, because this show has become, uh, as I say, by chance or convenience these days, turns out there are actually quite a few announcements um, that I'd like to make, uh, try to keep it quick here uh, before the show begins. Um, first off, my own uh, show that I've been trying to hopefully tell you about for a while now has finally been announced. Um, I can't play you any audio yet, but um, I was one of the producers of the show Lock and Key with Audible. Um, you may have heard of that, I hope. Um, it was uh, announced at San Diego Comic-Con and uh, got a huge amount of fan support. It is a 13-and-a-half-hour epic saga based on the graphic novel series by Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez. If you've not read those comics, uh, you're missing out on a wonderful, imaginative, dark fantasy story. And I was a uh, huge pleasure to work on it, both helping to adapt the script as well as do all the field recording. Uh, something like 18 days of recording went into that, and it is uh, one fantastic show. It is currently free on Audible. Uh, if you go to audible.com forward slash keyhouse, um, you can get it. Um, we do also are a Audible uh, affiliate here at Radio Drama Revival, and you can go to audibletrial.com forward slash radiodrama. If you do not already have an Audible account, that would be the best way to do it because that way you get a free title and you support Radio Drama Revival, audibletrial.com forward slash radiodrama. Um, but the lock and key title is actually free. So if you have an existing Audible account or uh, want to sign up for a free account and not support the show for some reason, uh, you can get lock and key as a free title just because. And that is uh, applicable in both the U.S. and the U.K., uh, possibly also in some of the worldwide affiliates of Audible. I'm not totally certain how that's all working out, but um, I do know that uh, friends from South Africa to the U.K. to the United States have been able to sign up for it, and obviously the more people that hear it, uh, the better, and hopefully inspires Audible to make more audio theater productions. They've done a number of them uh, over the last few months, including Amok. Uh, which is actually produced by our friends at the Wireless Theater Company, as well as The Child. Uh, both of those were by a German uh, suspense thriller writer whose name escapes me right now. Uh, and they've also did Six Degrees of Assassination uh, and some other titles. So it's uh, it's something that's happening. Audible has uh, heard the demand for this kind of content and starting to put it out there. It's very exciting times. Um, and hopefully, as I said, more of it will be coming. Um, so that's my piece, and that's why you've heard less of me over the last few uh, year or so, because I've been working so much on that, as well as my own show, uh, The Cleansed, coming out this fall. Um, other friends who are making good stuff, uh, Matthew Monique Boudreau, Oral Stage Studios, uh, has become a nonprofit organization. Uh, they're working on kind of their flagship production here, The Otherworldlies, uh, this lovely, completely original, imaginative news series um, with freaks, geeks, demons, and demigods. They're running a fundraising campaign, but they're actually asked me to pitch for you a competition they're running. So uh, basically, there's a Walla Walla competition. Um, make weird Walla Walla sounds with a bunch of actors uh, or yourself or your group of friends or, you know, any kind of weird stuff you can come up with. Um, and there's a grand prize of Isotope Nectar 2 Standard Edition, a wonderful voice plug-in uh, by Isotope at $229 US 
value. Um, you've got till the middle of August, August 15th to do that. Midnight, $5 entry fee. Um, there is a link, which will be easier to have you go to the show notes at radiodramarevival.com. Uh, but also do check out other worldies with uh, Oral Stage Studios. Uh, they are doing some great work and um, hope to hear that. Uh, if you didn't hear their show, A Prophet's Guide, uh, their original uh, show is wonderfully imaginative, clever writing, uh, a true love and joy in the audio format, and I expect we'll find all the same from other worldies. Um, as you know, it's difficult uh, to make independent content. Um, there are very few funding sources apart from you, loyal listeners, uh, and uh, you know the w- internet is vast, and the people who are doing really top quality work are few in number. So uh, really, if you are a fan of this, um, you know, you can vote with your dollars and support projects. Uh, most people are going to give you the projects for free, but they're asking for some support on the front end, um, and especially for folks who have a great track record, who've done a number of projects over the years, you can really know that there's some excellent uh, work to support when you do that. Uh, Oral Stage Studios, uh, check out the other worldlies. Um, and if you haven't heard Profit's Guide or their other work like 1918 or the work we did together on intensive care, or uh, other good stuff, uh, check out oralstage.com, A-U-R-A-L stage.com. And uh, yeah, the final announcement for today is Audiobook Bootcamp uh, being hosted by Dayan Audio out in Los Angeles um, with some great instructors from Sue Media. That's uh, Sue Ziza and David Shin, two of sort of my uh, mentors over the years. Um, Sue's is, of course, uh, was the sort of energy behind the National Audio Theater Festivals for many years, and now the Here Now Festival. David Chin, uh, sound effects uh, producer dude, um, taught me many fun things about collecting and making sounds. Um, they're hosting some workshops. Um, they call it Audiobook Bootcamp. It has both uh, sort of a performance track as well as a uh, sound design track um, for both sort of multi-voice as well as solo narration and uh, you know, is geared towards audiobooks, but might be of interest to you if you're looking to break into the industry. Um, I'll put a link up to that in the show notes. It's going to be uh, roughly middle of August, again, out on the West Coast, and uh, some great guest cast and uh, uh, performers and uh, instructors as part of that program. Again, all in the show notes. Um, and finally, with that, we are on to our show, which again, is an announcement of sorts. Uh, there's now this serendipity podcast. We'll be hearing it in just a moment, sort of a story within a story model um, featuring two creators today, um, Anne Hepperman. Um, she's a documentary artist and educator, um, has now jumped fully into the pool of audio fiction, and we'll talk a little bit more about her, uh, what she calls her broad tent of what audio fiction is, which uh, may not include includes not just what we call audio drama, but also uh, things like experimental audio art and poetry and other uh, sort of stuff that defies description. Um, once called the sort of goddess of podcasting, which I think is a pretty fair uh, assessment, uh, New York-based Anne Hepperman, and she co-founded that with Martin Johnson, um, Swedish radio producer um, who's got a whole bunch of awards as well. Uh, they're doing this new thing called the Sarah Awards um, through Sarah Lawrence College is now funded uh, again, $2,000 grand prize, $1,000 silver prize, uh, $3,500 third prize, real money for really good audio productions. They also have a very, very short, short stories contest looking for two to three minute pieces, which get more fame in their podcast and attention rather than um, the big deal grand prize, but all sorts of a lot of fun. They're really trying to start a revolution in audio fiction um, to be sort of like uh, those of you who know anything about documentary uh, audio art, uh, the Third Coast Festival out in Chicago has been sort of a seminal force in sort of uh, cura- uh, sort of being the, the, the central 
focal point for people learning about and exploring that medium. Uh, and the Sarah's hope to be the same thing for audio fiction. So uh, let's jump right into this new podcast called Serendipity. Read the top, read the top. This is Serendipity. In our first episode, a man and a woman meet, meet out of pure chance on the streets in Brooklyn and in Martin. Two people, one meeting, and their lives are changed forever. Read it slower. Yeah. <laughs> this is Serendipity. In our first episode, a man and a woman meet out of pure chance on a street in Brooklyn and in Martin. Two people, one meeting, and their lives are changed forever. This is Serendipity. <laughs> so why are you here in New York? I was going to meet this woman. Nice to meet you. What's your name, by the way? Anne. Come here, look at this. I awoke this morning with a sense of loss. I guess I followed my heart, and it didn't turn out well. Why you? <laughs> I thought of you. Yeah, but then you met me. Yeah, I met you. And I said hi. Hi. I opened my eyes and looked at the ceiling. Wide. Everything in Stockholm is so wide. Could I have some of your coke? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not coke. <laughs> it's like eighth grade coke and whiskey. Are you walking around with a diet coke with whiskey? Who are you? <laughs> Why not? I've been dreaming about you. You want to go for a drink? Yeah. At first, though, I wanted you to meet this guy. Okay. This is my tour. Oh, my yeah. my yeah, rules. Okay. My tour, my rules. Okay. You're funny. <laughs> the sound of your feet against the pavement, the rhythm like a dance. Oh, come here. Life plays tricks on you. I want to show you something. But this night, I dreamt about Alan in the carpet store. The store's been here since 1948. How is everything going? I'm here 33 years. Long time. He was leaning closer. I have a good question to ask you. Can you name three people that you know, including your parents, that still walk and hold hands and still in love? Marriage is hard. Think about it. He told me about finding a home for the time that you will die. Where's your wife going to get married? She, well, I'm Jewish and she's Catholic. She's going one way and I'm going the other. How does she feel about it? Not well, but I hear she is now. <laughs> Do you know when you will die, Anne? Yeah, two minutes, see ya. When can I see you again? <laughs> Since I was a child, I've had a sense that I'll drown, that the ocean will pull me down and leave nothing of me for anyone to find. Oh, I'm gonna miss you. Where I come, you don't buy funeral plots. You just get one. Makes life a little easier. Yeah, so when you die, you just die. <laughs> I guess this is goodbye. Uh... No! Like, for really, like, be careful. You're gonna fall in and it's gonna be bad. Think so? Yes! Um, like, really don't, oh God, don't do that. Okay, I'm nervous now, uh, really nervous. I don't think I told you, but I was born on an island. An island in the middle of the Baltic Sea. And on the hill, Looking over the shut-down, abandoned petrol station and a bay is the church, the white church. And there, generation after generations of the ones that I once knew lie. 
All the cemetery stones all face one direction. All the dead are buried with their feet against the ocean, the horizon to the east. They're waiting for the day of reckoning, the day when they will rise and walk once again reborn. And I thought of them now this morning in a cold and dark Stockholm. I thought of all those I've lost and started to forget. And I got this urge, a small insistent urge to pick up the phone and call them, the ones that no longer live, and lift them up, hold them in my hands and show them the light of day and see if the memories of them are as they truly are, or if they slowly have turned into dreams, like this. Seven seconds just passed. Good morning, and how are you? thing about memory, I, I think people... It's 20 seconds of your life that will never reappear. Uh, yes, I'm sorry. Every heart stops. 20 seconds is 35 heartbeats. thing about memory, I, I think people have kind of this misconception that memory is like a tape recorder. A memory. No, where's the next guy? Tape recorder. This man... He drank cleaning detergent once when he was drunk and his body closed down. Every heart stops beating a limit under a certain heart of heartbeats. Yeah, I'm sorry. Close your eyes. Every heart stops. I'm sorry, I know I'm doing... I think this is difficult for the moment. Until it stops. Tells his life story. He closed the door to his garage, put a piece of cloth in the exhaust pipe and put a brick on the gas pedal and rested his head against the steering wheel and disappeared until it gives up. 35 heartbeats are lost. Let's start again. Do you want to... He's just, he's just napping in his chair. He'll be so excited. Hold on. Um, here, let me do this for you and let you sit up. Good morning and how are you? 137 seconds just passed. 99 years old now. And, uh, I feel I owe it to, to the world, so to speak, to, to set the record straight. Every heart stops. The thing about memory, I, I think people have kind of this misconception that memory is like a paper. Have you ever seen the movie Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? Yeah, okay, so that was based on my initial findings. Um, it's not. Memory is like a. Once the memory is wired into their brain, it shouldn't be sensitive to, to anything. When you remember something, every heart has a set amount of heartbeats before it stops. Like the man is speaking right now. This man, he drank cleaning detergent once when he was drunk and his body closed down. 
and disappeared. I remember his eyes. I remember the smell of cigarettes in his breath. It causes memory to become unstored. Every heart stops. And it has to be restored, and then we could block it. Every time a memory is retrieved, it stops. You've been listening to Serendipity, a podcast produced by Anne Hepperman and Martin Johnson. The fiction piece you just heard was called Every Heart Has a Limited Amount of Heartbeats by Martin Johnson. The music is by the band Odore. I'm Alan Temkin. The Sarah celebrates radio drama for the 21st century. Check us out at thesarahawards.com. There you can listen to inspiring work. Learn how you can make audio fiction of your own and take part in our revolution. Thesarahawards.com. Goodbye. <laughs> yes, that's great. All right. Well, welcome to Radio Drum Revival. Uh, today, our guest is Anne Hepperman, documentary artist, reporter, educator, a uh, huge fan of audio fiction, um, teaches that uh, as well as other narrative journalism at Sarah Lawrence College. And we have her on today um, at, talking about her new awards, the Sarah Awards, but she's done a bunch of other really cool stuff. Uh, Anne, uh, welcome to Radio Drum Revival. Hey, it's great to be here. I've been seeing your work. We're both on the air list, and you have uh, the Sarah Lawrence uh, College, you know, students you've been working with doing radio drama. I'd love to talk to people uh, a little bit about, you know, talk a little bit about that work. Um, but I guess just to start off with the Sarahs, because it is, that's kind of like the the really exciting moment here for uh, just, you know, uh, both exactly what you're doing and just also the, the general growth of uh, the audio medium and, and people who don't realize it's out there as a, as a good form of storytelling. So you want to just quickly fill us in on what the Sarah Awards are all about? Yeah, I had the idea for Sarah, the Sarah Awards a couple of years ago. So I teach at Sarah Lawrence College. And um, Sarah Lawrence is a place that really cherishes and encourages their students to experiment and be creative. So as their final project in um, an audio class that I was teaching, I always gave the students the uh, opportunity to play, to create a fiction or a nonfiction piece. And what I found very quickly was that their fiction pieces that they were making, their audio fiction pieces that they were making were so much more exciting, felt so much more their voice, just so, just sounded fresh and new and like they weren't um, trying to be like anything that they were listening to because the majority of stuff that they were listening to was narrative nonfiction and other kind of nonfiction pieces. But I think because you know, they listened to some fiction, but not enough. And it was still a bit of like an ambiguous term for them that they felt much more open to being themselves and expressing themselves. So when that started happening, I started thinking, you know, um, there needs to be a third coast for fiction. And for people who don't know third coast, um, it's a, it's a international award, but it's also a conference. And I think a, a space that really um, has helped shape what we think of in narrative 
um, documentary right now in a way that people don't necessarily realize that it has been a spark for the past, you know, 15 years. Um, and that's what I wanted the Sarahs to be. I wanted it to be an award that had real money behind it because I think that if you're if you're giving out an award and, and you're really encouraging people to make great works that you should compensate them for their fantastic work. So um, so first place is $2,000, second place is 1,000, third place is 500. But rather than just being you know an award and a ceremony, I also wanted to create um, make the Sarahs and the Sarah Awards as a place that also celebrated audio fiction through your podcast. So we have a podcast, Serendipity, and also through an ongoing um, shorts contest, which we're calling our very, very short, short stories contest, which um, is going to be ongoing. So it's happening four times a year. So a piece of audio fiction for all seasons, if you're a winter or spring or a summer or fall, um, you can make work. Um, for the very, very short, short stories contest. And that's, I work in the writing program at Sarah Lawrence and we have really fantastic teachers here. And so I had them create one sentence writing prompts to get to, you know, encourage people to make a piece kind of based on those, on those, on those prompts, short two to three minute pieces. Yeah. Well, to, to riff off one thing you, you said there uh, about your students, how the, the work in fiction sort of felt you know, more untethered or more, uh, just more different because they, they were contributing their own voice. I, I, you know, that does touch on a theme I've heard from many other, uh, audio, you know, fiction producers that the, you know, someone, someone was telling me, you know, like if you want to work in film, like all the sort of rules for film, like that text is kind of made and, and, and remade. Uh, and with audio fiction, there really aren't, you know, the rules are, are much looser because we have lost that tradition. So this, you know, this kind of generation of content is a content that sort of is, in fact, shaping kind of what the language of audio fiction is and, and will be. And I, I think that is what we, those of us who are doing it, feel very gratified. Like, uh, you, you know, they're, they're very different ways. Um, you know, myself and, and Jonathan Mitchell are doing very different things. We use some of the same techniques, but we have very different aesthetics and uh, as are many of the other producers out there. And that's what's fun and freeing and awesome about it. And it, it seems to me that's, that seems to be the appeal that, that um, you know, there's, you know, and even, uh, you know, narrative journalism, you know, was, was, oh, well, this can be more than just sort of uh, interviews and, and talk, but this can be this really imaginative stuff that, uh, you know, this American Life and Radiolab have, have shown to be. And, you know, if that level of interest and creativity comes to audio fiction, that really is, does bring us in, into some exciting times. Uh, but for people who want to, you know, if they want to be part of creating the language of audio fiction, now is the time to jump in and not 10 years from now. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think we're just at this really amazing moment where we we can... It's not as though people haven't been making fiction, you know, in all of these years and people haven't been creating this work. I think we're just at this place in, in podcasting. And I think I do attribute it to podcasting where we no longer have program directors saying like, oh, well, nobody wants to listen to fiction, you know, no, you know, so it's like so much of the stuff was being created simply because, you know, people wanted to make it and they wanted to hear it and they wanted it to be there and for it to continue. But, you know, you just kind of hit a wall because I think you were part of 
people were trying to like there were institutional forces that were saying like nobody wants to hear fiction but then you know there have been some really um fantastic fiction podcasts that have just gone completely viral like welcome to night Vale, and and i mean i think for that i think maybe that turned some heads and made people realize like oh people do want to listen to this there is an audience for it but now with podcasting like people can just do it and make it and hopefully like my idea with the sarah's is that it's like it's very big tent and that just says listen look it's there it's here you know it's still evolving but it's been here and let's celebrate it and then let's also encourage people to make more of it because more and more too with podcasting people in nonfiction and narrative nonfiction are playing with the form they're doing fiction but they're not calling it fiction they're saying they're kind of playing with truth well you can't be a little bit pregnant <laughs> you know yeah. it's like you can't be a little bit fiction like as soon as you in my opinion as soon as you add an element of fiction you have fiction and i like things that sound true but that are fictional but i want people to call it fictional you know and i want people to celebrate it as fiction and i want people to say oh i've made a mockumentary you know or i've made this experimental sound design poetry piece whatever if we can come up for a term for that like i'm a very big tent kind of person so i i'm hoping that A, we can recognize it's always been there to really expand how, how people outside of those of us who have been making it, like think about what audio fiction can be because I think they're really stuck in this, this idea of what we are. I think they still think of us in black and white when we're very much in, in color, you know, and 3D. So Yeah, well, that's a, that's a really good point because, I, you know, also just, you know, word choice and semantics. You choose the term audio fiction and not, say, radio drama. And I, and I feel like uh, this show is called Radio Drama Revival, but we've struggled with this over the years because as soon as you say radio drama, people expect you to come out with a fedora caps and talk really proudly and go and shoot off big, you know, clapper sound effects. And Hey there, Fred, how are you doing today? Yeah, well, you know, it's a rainy day here and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and, and I even see that those stereotypes, you know, on public radio today and, and, the, and the little little small parts where you see, quote unquote, radio drama, that still is s sort of the dominant ethos. I, I, I think that's, that's great. I mean, uh, talking to, you know, thinking about, you know, what do that some uh, writers conference phrase, you know, that that a novel is like the the lie that tells the truth. Uh, that's what that's what it's about. You know, I, I mean, sometimes you're just being experimental to be experimental in the play with sound, but oftentimes the reason you're fic creating fiction is to talk about a truth in a way that the literal truth doesn't allow you to go there. And then that being said, though, it is it is it's I, I it's it's harder in a way than than nonfiction. You know, with nonfiction, there's there's certainly the, the the you know journalism is not at all easy. It requires you know huge amounts of 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 work to maintain you know authenticity and representation. So you sort of remove that barrier by going to fiction. But it's not like fiction doesn't have its own needs of of being authentic in its own ways. So uh, do, do you want to talk about that as you know, from that educator perspective, and as someone who has, you know, feet both in the nonfiction and fiction world, some of the kinds of things you find that people first producing in this have to overcome to do audio fiction well? 
Yeah, I think fiction is incredibly difficult. I mean, I've, I mean, I've done, I mean, you know, nonfiction, I've done investigative pieces and whatnot. I think the hardest, I think the biggest hurdle for fiction is that when you call yourself fiction, people know that you're fiction. So if you're listening to a story and it sounds fantastic and there's an element of you that's like, oh my God, this is true, this is real. There's something that's like a very big draw to that, which is why I think that people are so taken, you know, with the moth, you know, with this American life, just with all of these various, you know, narrative nonfiction places where it's like there's something that's so um, alluring about these incredible stories, which are true, which in a way also can be dangerous because then sometimes we find out they're not true, you know, but I think that's the biggest hurdle for fiction is that like once you have to convince your audience in a way that this is okay, we know that this is fiction, but this is still an amazing story. And so somehow I think that is like a really difficult hurdle to get over. Like I I wonder sometimes if there are stories that were non that are nonfiction, that if somebody said like this is fiction if people will be like, well, that's a huge cliche. Well, that was like a really fantastical like plot twist. Oh, that's just a ridiculous ending. Oh, that's too tied up in a bow at the end. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, that person had such a terrible life. That never happens in the real world, but. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So that, um, so I think fiction has that hurdle. But that said, I think that there's just so much opportunity to play with this and this idea of how we're telling stories um, and the way that we tell stories. Like I hope that we, that what we're creating is like the golden age of film, like the 1970s. Like what if we could do, like what if we're in that age now where just everything, like where experimentation and playing with the form and playing with how we tell stories is kind of what we're all doing. Awesome. Uh, well, so let's hit a few of the technical notes. So it's the sarahawards.com. Sarah with an H. Sarah with an H. <laughs> Sorry, all the Sarahs with the no H, but it's, it's uh, you know, after Sarah Lawrence College, which has been really fantastic in supporting this. So, yeah. And also like the Sarahs, the Tonys, the Bessies, whatever, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, and uh, so there's, you know, real money, as you said, $2,000, grand prize, $1,000, mm-hmm. second prize, uh, 500 third prize uh and you're taking entries through february in the fall yeah well we're not taking entries yet for the sarah awards but we are taking entries now for our basically like our little short docs style competition which is our very very short short stories contest yeah yeah i'm on there are now it's like uh i'll read one of these you can read read another one miller shows us his new fur lined boots arcing his ankles back and forth so we can admire them from all angles by Nellie Reifler. Reifler. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, so all of these sentences are written by um, our writing faculty or the writing faculty at Sarah Lawrence College. So the next one is, the Gem Sisters slept in the order in which they were born, and that's by Mary Morris. Great, and we have she'd been wanting to do this for fifteen years, and now finally, for five minutes and five minutes only, she had her chance by Brian Morton. People, people don't even have to use those lines in their piece so then what people are supposed to do is to make choose one sentence and then make a two to three minute piece inspired by that sentence you can use the sentence in it if you want to you don't have to and also you can make as many of these as you want you could make like four pieces inspired by 
the Nelly Rifler one, or, you know, you could try out like different, you know, you could do all three. Awesome. Well, and uh, I know you also put together some, you know, featured fiction, uh, you know, were these, you know, commission pieces or at least, uh, friends that, to, to, to put some pieces together for the, um, awards just to sort of give people a taste of the kinds of, of really quite different sounds that there can be. Um, and I, I'd say they all, all the, I was just listening through them. All the pieces are their own way that it's, it would be hard to put a, a box into any of them. So luckily you've got a pretty big tent, as you say. Yeah. that was, And that was the whole reason, you know, when I was thinking about this, um, when I said the term audio fiction, people were like, well, what do you mean? It's like, well, I better have something to play for them. <laughs> so, so I did. I mean, it was very like small commissioning fees. So these are people who I, I know have done fictional works in the past or dabbled in fiction. Um, Rick Moody is an author who um, has done work, you know, did work in the past for the next big thing. Um, the truth, uh, you know, I've, I've actually known Jonathan Mitchell since I think like 1999. And it's been exciting to see just kind of how he's evolved into, you know, working in documentary to working in fiction. And then um, Andrea Salenzi, who does the show YOY, which she has talked about on panels as like some characters you don't know true or if they're true or not. And I was like, well, that's interesting because then that's fiction. So why don't you make a fiction piece? So she does this, what I consider a very Larry David style piece where it's like a fictionalized version of herself, but a very, um, there are elements that are true, but it's really not who she is. Um, or who her friends are, or who her relatives are. They're playing either exact, exaggerated or caricatures of themselves. Um, then uh, there is uh, Jonathan Goldstein, who does Wiretap, um, and he plays and does some fictional pieces there. Um, and then there is Caitlin Prest, who does The Heart, who did a, a really fantastic, um, I would say, docudrama called Movies in Your Head, which I found incredibly inspiring. Um, that was really based on uh, hours and hours worth of interviews that she had done with people about the movies that they make in their head about relationships. And she was going to originally do a documentary, and then she was like, no, it'll actually be more truthful if I make this fiction piece. And so then I asked her to do a fiction piece. And then Martin Johnson, so we are international um, and Martin Johnson is a colleague of mine who is in Stockholm, Sweden. Um, and he did this piece in English, but I've always admired Martin's work in English and in Swedish. Um, and so the piece that he made um, is extremely experimental and very impressionistic. And we kind of came out of the gate with our podcast, Serendipity, where we're going to be featuring all of these works. And then hopefully down the road, you know, we'll be featuring more works and maybe even commissioning works, you know, from people. Um, but Martin and I decided that we were going to create our own fictional story that we would embed these pieces in, in our podcast. So when you listen to serendipity, you're listening to a story within a story. Well, and you mentioned the international element and, and, um, I assume Martin's helping you out some with that, but what, what do you think when you, when you start talking about audio fiction to folks, I saw you were recently in, you know, the hearsay festival in Ireland. Is there, do you find other countries have more of that continuous tradition? Whereas in America, we did sort of break 
you know, have, have a break in our old time radio drama than this, you know, new wave? Uh, how do other re- cultures react to you? Yeah, I don't know. I know, like, so Martin, Martin, I said, like, you know, there has been a, a much more of a tradition in terms of the continuation of radio drama, radio theater. But from my understanding, and I only say this just from what Martin has said, is that it also feels kind of stuck in the ways that people think about fiction and stories and how they can tell. It's almost like, you know, kind of once we moved along. He, he, for Martin, he says that a lot of stuff, at least in Swedish radio theater, still feels very black and white, which is why he was excited to get involved um, and be a part of this. It's because both of us have this this idea that that there's much more in different ways that we consider what fiction is than in kind of the more traditional ways that that we've been told it should be. Awesome. Well, uh, hopefully we get to play a few of those pieces for listeners today. And the awards, again, the Sarah Awards, Sarah with an H, uh, Sarah Awards, thesarahawards.com. Um, as the deadlines come up closer, I'll remind listeners uh, as well as producers on the show uh, about that. And if you've been thinking about audio theater and thinking about dabbling, but you know the idea of doing a feature-length piece kind of spooks you, the very, very short story contest is made for you. <laughs> so go, go, go make something. Hey, Fred, you have to, yeah, don't forget, you have to submit two, at least three pieces. <laughs> I expect no less. Yeah, well, I was going to say, like, I, I uh, you, you don't have, the, the, the main awards are not for serials, and a lot of what I've been doing have been sort of long-form serials, but I, I can do a two- to three-minute piece. Who can't do a two- to three-minute piece? Exactly. And thanks so much. Uh, huge pleasure to have you on the show, uh, and uh, hopefully we'll have you back, and, you know, maybe talking about uh, when the Sarah Awards, what what actually, what winners there are, maybe we get to hear from some of them. Yeah. Let's play some. Let's play some of the very, very short, short stories winners on on the show. Why not? Or even just some of the ones that don't win. Let's just play some of the the great ones. You know, because just because you choose a winner doesn't mean that there won't be some great works out there. Absolutely. Well, cool. Well, thanks so much, and and uh, listeners, stay tuned and um, check the show notes for even more links to all the great stuff that uh, Anne has been up to and the Sarah Awards. Awesome. Thanks. Cool. All right. And that was Ann Hepperman. The awards again are thesarahawards.com. Sarah with an H. And yeah, we'll we'll be featuring some more of their short stories when they come out and talking about as the award deadline approaches for the Sarahs. Uh, we'll be uh, you know giving that some promotion here on Radio Drama Revival as well. And um, you know in the meantime, hundreds of hours in our back catalog. We will be continuing to put out new content. Um, I've got. There's a lot of good stuff happening out there, and sometimes if we don't get this podcast up to date as fast as I'd like, we are putting it on our Twitter feed or our Facebook feed, so you can follow us there, uh, facebook.com forward slash Radio Drama Revival, or Twitter, we're at Radio Drama. And of course, all the podcast archives are at radiodramarevival.com, also on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher Radio. And uh, there are also some great community forums out there, the Audio Drama Lovers um, track, and then for you producers out there, the Audio Drama Production Podcast uh, by my friend Matt McLean is excellent uh so that is the story uh we'll keep good stuff coming towards you now uh radio drum revival is produced by yours truly that is fred greenhalge submissions editor monique boudreau of world stage studios copyright of individual shows remains that are original producers but do please share the show as far and widely as you'd like radio drama revival is a production of radio drama revival llc this podcast at radiodramarevival.com is a labor of love till next time keep your mind and your ears open thanks for tuning in and have a great week Thank you.